Well, turn your Bibles again to Mark 13. As you well know, we're going to continue to jump back and forth. Um, and, of course, uh, verses uh, 13 through 20 are basically the explanation of verse 3 through 12, when Jesus tells a parable, and then the disciples ask a question, and so he answers uh, the question. And let's begin reading it, verse 13, and continue to enlarge what we've talked about. And he said to them, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all parables? The sower sows the word. And these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes immediately, takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. So the word is to be sown in your hearts. Verse 16, these likewise are the ones sown on stony ground, who when they hear the word, immediately received it with gladness, and they have no root in themselves, and so endure for a time. And afterward, when tribulation or persecution arises for word, the word's sake, immediately they stumble. Now these are the ones sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word. And the cares of this world and deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter in, choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. But these are the ones sown on good ground. Those who hear the word accept it and bear fruit, some 30, some 60, and some 100-fold. So we last week talked about the ground and what type of ground what they were. And so now let me give you what I call the biblical non-negotiables. And these are the things that you and I must adopt in our lives and thought processes and uh, actions so that the Lord uh, can really see the fruit manifest. Because remember... I was talking earlier today, <clears throat> remember, we have a tendency to think that life is about if I do more, if I believe more, now let me tell you, doing is good, believing is faith is great, that's who you and I are, we're faith believers, but we, we kind of have a tendency to think living for the Lord is about always doing the right things, oh, we we blew it, and now we've been knocked down a couple rungs. It's going to take a while to get back to where we were, and woe is me, woe is me. And that's the lies of the enemy, because bottom line, the whole story, if you understand life, the whole story is that the word, if it stays in your heart, and you speak the word, believing that word, it will bear fruit. So it's not the focus on what you are doing. It's the focus on the planting of the word and protecting that word in your heart and speaking it out and believing it, even though you have tribulation, stuff in the world, or people problems, the two major things that Scripture says that we struggle with. So here's non-negotiable uh, the first one, God is on the side of the sower and is not on the side of the devil stealing the word. When things don't go right, we have a tendency to, and I'm going to explain this more, 
to think that the Lord has allowed this stuff to happen. We have to keep our focus on it is the ground in our heart. Have we become offended? Have we become angry? All the different things that we all experience, that we all face and still face no matter how mature you get in the Word of God. But it's the basics of believing in the Word of God and keeping your ground pure so that when difficulties come, you speak the word because out of the abundance of the heart, your mouth speaks. All right? So he's, God's not using the devil to get at you to stop sinning or whatever. He's on the side of the word of God. He's on the side of what he planted because God is the best perfect sower. He's the best farmer. He has sown in you the word of God, and now you take the word of God and allow it to flourish. So the word or word seed, notice I'm going to use the word seed quite a bit now. The word seed, the parable is talking about is not uh, men's words or word seed, but God's word. So here's the deception we'll talk about a little bit later, is the enemy wants you to uh, say, well, this is what I believe. You ever heard people? You know, well, I, I used to go to church and this is what I believe. The word's been stolen from you. If, if you're not saying God said this, and I believe what God said, then you have been deceived. And you are, your word has been stolen. Now it's become your religious seed. So God is sowing his word into men's hearts, all right? First, non-negotiable of understanding. The second is the devil in this parable is clearly on the side of the stealing and does not want the word seed to be fruitful because if the word stays in your heart and you keep speaking, believing the word of God, the Bible tells us that word will produce fruit, there will be actions because of your, your um, faith, okay? Faith without works, okay, is, is dead. So in other words, when you have faith, believe in the word, it will cause you to do things, but don't base your fruitfulness on what you are doing. How many people that you know uh, just wear themselves out doing things, and then they sit at home depressed because they're just struggling with the problems of life, I'm just going to say this to you again, is the devil in this parable is on the side of stealing the word from you. Because if the word is stolen, watch this truth, you can't bear fruit. You cannot bear fruit. So the definition of fruitful is this. Here it is, simplistic. The word goes into the heart as a seed, and it begins to sprout and continues to grow till it bears fruit. Okay? I'm being really simple here. But you got to understand, this is so spiritual, so mature, so 
powerful. Because the, the Lord said to us that if you understand and live this and recognize this, you will recognize everything in life. You will understand everything in life. Okay, sowing the word. Here's the third non-negotiable. Satan and God are at odds with one another. Some of you say, duh, pastor. Satan must follow, but Satan must follow God's laws, but he doesn't have the same agenda or motive and or purpose and or goals. God sows the word so the word would become fruitful and you will attain the destiny God planned for you. Satan, his goal is to steal it, whatever it takes. That we, we live in depression, we're, we're frustrated, we're afraid, all these things that go on. Here's the fourth. God has a plan for you and the devil has a plan for you. God has a plan for you and the devil has a plan for you. You got to understand that. Now, I'm not trying to be, you know, weird or, you know, you all probably understand this. Be a Friday the 13th or, or you know, whatever stupid movies that are out there. I'm sorry. I'm just being honest with you. The reality is, is the devil has no power unless we allow him to steal. Okay? So the devil has it all planned out to rip you off and is intentional to stop God's plan in your life. What is God's plan in your life? That the word of God bears fruit. Amen. It's the word of God bears fruit. So, so uh, sometimes, now I know we're all called, we all have different, uh, you know, uh, destinies because God uh, gave us those different destinies. We have different gifts and all that. But, but what Jesus was telling them, Mark 4, he was saying, you have to understand that every one of you are on the same chapter, are in the same chapter. God sows the word. The devil wants to steal the word. And it's your job to become a sower, sowing the word in your hearts. All right? So, church, Satan is driven to stop God's plan. Jeremiah 29, 11, which says, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. Bottom line, how do you do it? Word, seed, bearing fruit. So, Satan comes immediately to stop the tool or power to get you there, and the tool or power to get you there is the word seed to to he wants to get it out of your heart so why am i saying this why am i just really just in the last few weeks just really punching it in there because i listen to the lord and what he said in mark 4 if you don't understand this then you can't understand everything else that god wants to do in your life Planting, sowing the word. Some have a tendency to blame God saying he depowers a promise in their life saying, I don't want you to be fruitful in that area because you've been bad or 
you know, um, you're, you've got a little pride in you, and I'm just going to depower the word of God. God never depowers the word. Now, there will be situations in your life that, that God, bottom line, remember the foundations on Sunday morning, that uh, he will red tag you, and it doesn't mean that he doesn't love you. He's trying to prepare your life, your heart, so that later on, when you move into greater things and, and your children grow up and all the different things are going on, that you are able to handle the changes in life. You are able to move in such a realm of kingdom reality, even though things change in your life. Anybody uh, in the last year and a half have any change in your life? Yeah, okay. So now let's just take a moment, not glorify him, but let's describe Satan. Satan, he is a liar. He is a thief. This is what the Bible tells us. He is a destroyer, and he is a deceiver. A liar, a thief, a destroyer, and a deceiver. So let's talk about, I think the greatest tool he uses to get at us is deception. So what does a deceiver do? The definition of a deceiver is a deceiver makes you think something that is not true is true. That's deception. Adam and Eve from the very beginning were created in the image of God and Satan says, Eve, if you eat of that, you'll be like God. She already was. But she was deceived because she thought the devil was telling her that God hid something from her or kept something from her or there's something that God's not doing. Let me just tell you, there's nothing wrong with God. God has done it all. It is, is done, final, finished. He's spoken his word and through the Holy Spirit and the word Jesus Christ is truth. And so bottom line, deceiving you is to make you believe something is not, that is not true as truth. Have you ever laid in bed trying to go to sleep? And all the stuff's going on in this world. And then you start wondering, I wonder what's going to happen at work tomorrow. I'm wondering if, if uh, I might lose my job. Or I'm wondering if they're going to lay people off. I want, you know, people, a lot of people went through that. I was on the phone with a lot of people, praying with them. And, and let me just tell you, some people got laid off. Yeah, some people did. But see, but the enemy will say, oh, see, see, you were a tither and look what happened to you. you. You did this, you were serving in the church. And your pastor's up there telling you, you know, you can do this and God's going to bless you and all that. And look what happened to you. So I want to tell you what, what your pastor's teaching you or what you read in the word of God is not really true. Because God's going to, that's deception. 
The enemy's strategy is to convince you there are promises God made written in the Bible and swore in a blood covenant to give you that some of them God would decide he didn't want it to come to pass in your life. Hmm. You know, you, you, you go through loss. You go through tribulation. You go through people problems. You go, you know... People that have said you family members say, oh, I just love you, I just said I love you, and then the next week, they hate you. You know? You got children that are doing great, and next week, something goes weird. That doesn't mean that God's doing something different and saying, well, you know, because of blah, 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 and maybe the curse and all, you know, no. Stop believing those lies and begin to protect that word let me just tell you, the emotion and the feeling you should have when you start feeling that, it's just picture, it's like the enemy reaching down your throat to, in your heart to grab that word that's in you and trying to block you from saying, no, I don't believe this. God, you said in your word. And, and he's just reaching in there trying to just, just and say, no, 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 you're not going to and grab that arm and just say, nope, enemy, you're not going to do that to me. I am not going to believe that right now. My emotions, soul, you line up to the word of God. And then you just begin to pray. You begin to, and if you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, we'll talk about next Sunday morning. And, you know, begin to pray in tongues, perfect prayer. And you just battle and you just do that because I want to tell you the reason why we get into the situations we get into is because we've allowed the enemy to steal the word from our heart. Jesus explains this strategy, uh, this strategy in Mark chapter 4. So in order for you and I to be effective, we must effectively receive God's word seed in our hearts and cultivate the word seed, hold on to them till they become fruitful. You know what I do in my life? Is I, I'm, again, I've always said this, I, I'm a simple guy. Okay, I, I get deep in the Word of God. I've been pastoring ministry for almost 42, 43 years. And so I, I have delved into it. But I understand, I understand I'm just like you. I'm a sower of the Word. And if I allow the enemy to steal it, the things can go haywire in my own life. That's why I have spiritual fathers, spiritual moms. That's why I have peers. That's why... Uh, you know, the, the eldership and the, some of the things we're going to announce to you in November, you know, all the different things that, that I have is so that I'm like you. I, I don't want the word seed to be stolen from me. So what I do is if there's a situation in my life, I find a picture and I copy it. And I put that picture, there, there's there's something, you know, when I was attacked physically with a, a virus, not the virus, in Africa, you know, I grabbed a picture of the internal organs of a human being. And for four years now, I have looked at that picture every day of a perfectly healthy body. And I said, God, that's your plan in the word of God. That's what I see. 
Remember Abraham? Look up, Abraham. Remember Zerubbabel? Look up, Zerubbabel. Moses, look up. Amen. Noah, look up. If you read all the time, God is saying, come on, son, or come on, daughter. Look up. Come on, come on, come on. What do you see? Well, I see all the problems going on. I see all the people all around me. Okay. Well, you're seeing that. Yeah, true. It might be happening. But the word says, you shall go through tribulation, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. Whatever the world brings to you, God has overcome. And you have to see that. And by seeing that is, what do you do? You plant the word seed in your heart. Man, I know this, this almost sounds so simple, but that's what Jesus was doing. He was, that's what parables were for, to explain things in lifestyle, not just to, well, you know, the Greek word, the Hebrew word, and, you know, all the different things, and go, and that's great, too. I do that as a teacher, but the reality is he brings it to real life. No matter how young you are, how old you are, we are sowers, and no matter how mature you are, the enemy can steal the word if you allow him to. He can't just reach in your throat and steal it. He's going to bring things to you to bring a deception. So here it is. If the word in your heart becomes fruitful, then your life will become fruitful. If the word in your heart becomes fruitful, then your life will become fruitful. See, God's agenda is to get the word in your heart. So God is teaching us as a church, Valley Community Church, to stand on what he said, not what we think he said. How many of you have done this, what I've done through the years? Is I believe I'm following exactly what God said. I have word, I have scripture that is basing my faith and belief. But then I get into that little tiny time frame, you know, where maybe Terry's gone to see her, her mother, and, and so it's been eight, nine, ten days that, that uh, she's been gone, and I've been in the house by myself, and I'm a, I just, I'm always doing something, you know, running, planning my life away. And then I'm sitting there, and she's not there to talk to and all the different things, so I just start sitting around like that, and all of a sudden thoughts come in, you know, about what if? What if this takes place? You know, um, I know what you're planning on doing and what God's said for you to do, but what if that doesn't work? What if you've missed God? I, I know you've never faced that because you're all just superheroes in faith, right, right? Okay, <laughs> but Isaiah 55, 8 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. Again, Moses knew God's ways. How do you keep the word seed in your heart by knowing God's ways? Because when something happen, happens that is not God's ways, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He does not change. And what he said is exactly what he meant. Amen. 
So if you're seeing stuff go totally haywire, that's not what God said. Keep your eyes, keep your chin up, and look forward. And what are you seeing? If you're the word still in your heart, you see your field. Uh, you know, a farmer doesn't plant corn, and then after he's done, about a week later, gets on his tractor and goes to the edge of the field and says, I wonder if corn is going to grow. Hmm. Okay? I, I know that's kind of, hmm, but have you ever done that? I wonder if it's really going to work. That's when you're, you're knowing that the enemy, like he did with Eve, said, God's hiding something from you. He's not going to do that. He's pulling away from you. That word doesn't work. And then you get these doctrinal people say, well, that word was for back then, not today. Healing is not for today. You know, and even though you suffered loss. You know, as a pastor, I just want to tell you, um, people will look at you and say, oh, wow, he's just so full of faith. Well, you know what? I am. I keep the word seed in me. But you have to understand, I also have emotions. Man, in the, in the past four years, I have lost the most precious friends, sisters and brothers. Uh, last Yesterday, my wife got a phone call. Her favorite aunt passed away in, in uh, not New Orleans. What's the state New Orleans is in? Louisiana. And, you know, and, you know we, we were sitting there um, 8 o'clock last night, and she was crying, and I was holding her. And here she was this morning standing here worshiping the Lord, tears going down her cheeks. Don't look at us as some superhuman. We're human like you. We have emotions. We have feelings. You have emotions. You have feelings. And for me to come to you and say, well, where's your faith? I know you got faith, but I just want you to know God hasn't changed. If out of your mouth comes, well, maybe God was, no, 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 no. This is what God's word says. You see what I'm talking about? We will have our emotions. But again, remember what I've taught and what I'm continuing to teach you is that your emotions were created not to be fixed. Jesus healed you. Your emotions were created to draw you closer to the Lord when things happen. And when your emotions cause you to stray from the Lord and get angry at God and people and whatever, let me just tell you what it is. The enemy has reached in down your throat and ripped off the word seed. And I, and I realize that. You know, I, I just... Um, last Tuesday... I told you, you know, um, a spiritual father or a great apostolic missionary who was in my church in North Carolina, uh, Dr. Hughes, passed away. The greatest man I've ever known. I mean, it's just unbelievable. His wife was just beautiful. Uh, passed away three years before. Um, and then a dear sister of ours, friend, 
Um, Sherry Bankhead passed away, and her funeral was uh, Saturday. And my wife and I sat there in between stuff we were doing and um, watched the funeral uh, online. And just because our busyness here, we we couldn't fly out. You know, we've, we even had people calling and saying, hey, we got your ticket if you want to come out. It wasn't we can't afford a ticket. It's just people wanted us to be there because we were part of that. But we just, you're important to us. And we knew we, we had to stay here. And, and so you, you get to that place. And I said all that to say, we have emotions too. So I'm, I'm still with a heavy heart. I, this afternoon, I talked to about 10 pastors in, in the district there that I used to be their supervisor. And they were just brokenhearted and just, you know, uh, even pastors brokenhearted and ministering to them in the midst of my own you know, not despair. I wasn't in despair, but just, you know, it's it's not easy. You know it. You face it. You've been there. Some of you have lost, you know, your mom. You've lost, you know, you've lost people, and it's hard. You know, uh, young people today, and I was there when I was young, it's like dying? What's that mean? You know, and so you have, some of you are facing uh, parents maybe that are ill and and you're you're going through all that and the enemy will always try to steal the word seed out of your heart and to cause despair in your heart and it's it's difficult it's hard tribulation uh, people problems are hard but rise up and allow and know what Jesus is saying is is those four things that the enemy wants to do is steal from you so Hosea 4, 6, watch this. Look what God says and why it happens. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because you have rejected knowledge, the word of God, I also will reject you from being priest for me. In other words, it's, we look at this and we think, oh, well, God's just saying, oh, you bad boy, and knocks you around. No, he's saying, I have already said it in the kingdom of God that if the word is ripped off from you, that you can't function in that priestly role that I've asked you to walk into, all right? Because you have forgotten the law of your God, I also will forget your children. In other words, here's, here's the point. Word seed that we allow to be stolen all the time will affect our children will affect our children. Now, don't look at me and say, oh, mean, mean because I have one child that's gone awry, it's my fault. That's not what I said. But I said is, what I said is the scripture's telling us that we have to be careful because our lifestyle, how we do things, even though we're going through the toughest time of life, and we need to be open to our children on that. But we also have to go back to the bottom line and say, even though this is how I feel, even though this is what's happened, even though I believe we've done everything right and it seems like everything wrong is going on, God is not a liar. And I'm going to still stick with the word of God. And what I said to my children when they were growing up is I've said things like this. I promise you, maybe not tomorrow, 
Maybe not next month. Maybe even not next year. But if I stick with the word of God and I firmly stand on the word seed, that that word seed will bear fruit and it will change. Some of you can probably have greater experience than me in those things because you've watched your grown children just flourish in their life because even though you went through some of the hardest things of your life, you stayed faithful to the word of God. So they're destroyed because they forget the word and the life of sowing word seed is removed. James chapter 1, do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. He does not change. The word is truth. What it says is true. Of his own will he brought, uh, I'm, excuse me, of his own will he brought us forth by the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. You know what God's plan is? To brag on you. <laughs> look, they went through Hades on earth. But look at them now. They went through struggles. They even made bad choices. But then they turned it around. Look at that. Look at who they are. Look how amazing they are. So don't allow your past or mistakes to rule you. Just get the word back in you and keep speaking the word. See, you are not boxing God in when you confess the word. Have you ever heard that? Oh, you faith people, all you're doing is saying, you're just putting God in a box. What if God wants to do something bigger than what he said? Well, let me tell you, what he said, there ain't no bigger. You're not boxing God in when you're confessing the word. God said, I am bound to my word. Isn't that what scripture says? He is bound to his word. He's not bound to what you say his word says. He's bound to his word. All right, let's go on. God loves us and wants us to bear fruit because he is a sower and he is a hundredfold God, 100%. So how does Satan steal? When Satan steals, he comes in very subtle, practical, everyday life kind of ways. That's how he does it. You know, you, you see Hollywood movies and you got some guy with thorn or horns and, you know, a pitchfork or whatever in the movies and old movies and stuff like that. That's not how he does it. He comes in very practical and wants to bring you into a place. He takes you on a roller coaster of life. Mark 4, Jesus is telling us Satan's devices is to steal. First, he doesn't even talk about someone who doesn't even hear the word. Jesus doesn't even talk about anyone. Everyone hears the word. But only one, remember, only one group of people bear fruit. So these are the people that pray prayers, but no word behind it, and because there's no faith. So when you pray, pray the word of God. God, I don't understand what's going on right now. I have no clue what's going on right now. But what I do know is your word says this, so I'm going to believe this. Father, you said in your word, boom, you say it, I believe it, 
and I'm waiting on this word to bear fruit. Amen. Faith comes by hearing the word. Second, Satan brings persecution and tribulation comes. Hard times and people problems. That's Mark 4, 16 and 17. Now, let me just jump forward. Um, God is a sower, a farmer in your life. And again, a farmer doesn't plant and then whispers to others and saying, go get the seed out of the ground. It's not working. It must be bad seed. God hasn't sown bad seed. His word is not bad. It will produce. It was sent to produce. Just like in creation, the seed produces after itself. And so when he speaks, the word seed produces after what God meant. And that's your farm. That's your cultivation. What God meant is what I expect. Verse 17, and they have no root in themselves and so endure only for a time afterward when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. So it says immediately they stumble. Why? They get all caught up in the stuff and the people stuff. Man, when people stuff happen around, you know, uh, extended family or whatever, I do not get in the blender with it. Nope, I don't. I don't get in the blender with it. Absolutely not. They'll say things, do things, think things, but I know what's true. Amen. So just learn, don't get in a blender with it. Now these are the ones sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word and the cares of the world and the deceitful riches and the desires for other things entering the in choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. So again, we talked about the ground last week, but now let's talk about what happens. We must recognize everyone here heard the word today. You've heard the word of God. You can read the Bible with your eyes silently, and you heard the word. But this scripture said hearing. God has put a special premium on hearing the word of God. Follow my thought, all right? And my thought is God's thought. 1 Corinthians 1, verse 21. For since in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God. It pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. So hearing is the key. Let's read on. <clears throat> verse 18 again. Now these are the ones sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word and the cares of the world, deceitful riches, desires of other things, enter in and choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. The word itself is fruitful, but it became unfruitful. It speaks of three entering in. The question, how does he do this? Cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desires for other things enter in. How do they enter in? Through the ears. Through the hearing. What they heard. The majority of things that steal the word enter in by the hearing. 
So here's my question, and I've asked this before. What are you listening to? What are you listening to? You know, every morning when I get in my car, I've recorded an old hymn. And Bluetooth in the car, you know, all this stuff that we have now in the cars, is I press the song, and it's called Great Is Thy Faithfulness. Every morning, the first thing I listen to is how great my God's faithfulness is to his word and to me. Every single day. Amen. I could even sing that song to you, but I stopped singing solos 40 years ago. I used to sing on KFSG radio program, all the different things. And, but the Lord told me that he was going to bring people to sing and to lead worship and that I was to focus on teaching the word and leading leaders. Psalm 1-1 said, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, does not listen to things contrary of the word. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. They do not listen to things contrary of the word. Nor stands in the path of sinners. If you do listen to their counsel, it will produce sin. Bottom line. Why is that? Because the parable, the word has been stolen. The Bible says, my word will be a light unto your path. Then it says, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. It then produces a dead heart that speaks death and scorn. So if we scorn, if we, yeah, really, oh, yeah, okay, right. You know, oh, church always talking about tithe. You're scorning. Don't sit in the seat of the scornful. Well, you know, at work, they're always talking about, don't, don't, do not do that. Because that's the way the enemy will come in and rip you off. Even though you have a bad boss. Did you know that the word tells us, Psalm 75, that God is the one that raises people up and sets people down? And when we move into scorning and disagreement and lack of, of or subordination, what, what you, we do is we allow the word to be stolen from us to bear fruit at work. And now we are producing our own fruit. How many of you would like God to produce fruit in your life? Yeah? And, and if, if you, how many of you think that God could do a little bit better than you can? Yeah? Okay. All right. So, so we have to understand that, and that's what Jesus was saying. It, it, it is simplistic, the way I'm teaching this, but it's so deep. It's so real. And then, you know, when you go to a brother or sister and you're hurting because of a loss or whatever, that's real. That's real emotions. But you have to steer to the word and allow yourself to draw close to the Lord in that time. Even though you're sitting there and you're praying and you're crying and you're weeping, 
you've got to steer closer to the Lord. God, you said you would bring me comfort. God, you said you would deliver me from my enemies. God, you said you remind him. He's bound to his word. You're not telling God what to do. In the kingdom of God, he's bound to his word. And if we get to that place of understanding that, that we're created in his image and likeness, then guess what? We're bound to what God said too. That's being faithful. I'm bound to what God said. Amen. So, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, that person becomes an ungodly counselor. You have someone that will tell you ungodly things because of their, their scorning, they're angry, they're frustrated. Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Those who love it will eat its fruit. Now, <clears throat> those who love it means those who would rather speak their opinion and their thoughts and their word over God's word. That's what it's saying. Psalm 1, 2 through 6. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, bearing fruit, that brings forth its fruit in se its season, notice its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. That's true. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind drives away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Now, Mark 4.19, um, let's explain again the three things that choke the word. Cares of the world. Care is worry. Anybody worry? The word there is marimna. And the word for care is mellow, M-E-L-O. Marimna is worry, mellow is care. And in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6 and 7, we will see both words in it. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Casting all your cares, marimna, upon him, for he cares mellow for you. See, marimna is the worry of the world. What's going on in the world? Now, I watch things because I'm a leader and I have to help people. I have to have a little knowledge of stuff. But I read things from people who are on it, not people who are pushing an agenda. If you're reading stuff that pushes an agenda, get out of it but you need to know what's going on. But marimna is worry about the future, what people think about you, etc. Melo has an answer for your worry. And, and what, what needs to happen is that you need to cast your care on the Lord and allow that to happen. That's that emotion that I'm talking about, that you are drawing closer to the Lord. You may not, there are times church I don't understand why. And with my personality, God and I have had some conversations. Amen. 
Because I, I, you know, I really try to be like the Lord, and, and I'm not far from it. But where he was really questioning the disciples, how come you don't have any faith? And they look at him. The reason why he said that is because just before the storm and everything, he had taught the word for a couple hours. And he expected the word to produce faith. And when it didn't happen, he said, wait a minute. That's not God. What's going on with you guys? You heard the word, and you allowed the enemy to steal from you. There's that parable again. Jesus said this in, in Matthew uh, 6. We're almost done here. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They never toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things, the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father, when it says Gentiles, is speaking of sinners, those who don't have the word in their life. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God. There it is. When stuff happens, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Bottom line, this is what Jesus said with all those words. Don't worry. We say, okay. Okay. Well, I just cast it on you. How do you cast it on the Lord? By casting the word. God, you don't know what's happening. Yes, he does. God, why is this happening? He knows why it's happening. How do you cast your cares on him? Is you cast the word of God. You say, Father, I know I'm going through this right now. Maybe I made a mistake. I don't know the mistake I made, but I know you'll reveal it to me. But your word says that you'll show me great and mighty things that I don't know. And so I am standing here waiting on you to show me that revelation. The next day it's not there. The next day it's not there. Next week it's not there. But you're standing on the word of God. You're casting every day your care on the Lord. The problem or goal is we must get more word in us to choke out the care. The enemy wants to put cares in, in you and worry. But we need to get more word to choke out the worry and the care so that our thoughts, our heart is full of the word of God. So when you cast your care, get the word in your, your heart. I'm going to stop. Let's all stand.